Welcome back to Fit for Adventure. On today's episode, you'll hear from an adventurer and entrepreneur who was bitten by the mountaineering bug after a trip up Mount Rainier. And while he's always been an adventurous person, the magnitude of that summit sent him down a path of even more dedication, discipline, and desire. Now, while running multiple seven-figure businesses in the events and hospitality industries, he commits to going all in on his passion with plans to conquer some of the world's toughest challenges like Denali and Everest, peaks in South America and Antarctica. We talk about how facing challenges in the mountains can translate to your business and how detaching from work frequently can actually give you an advantage. You'll learn that and much more. Now, let's get started. Please welcome to the show, Ellie Goldstein. We have something in common. Um, Mount Rainier was my first big introduction to mountaineering. And uh, not, not the first like ad big adventure, but it was that moment that I realized, wow, this is like yeah. possible, you know, like I had always dreamed of uh, Everest or those bigger mountains and thought it was, it took too much. It took a lot of training or, um, you know, certain skill sets that you needed years to develop. And yep. it was just a matter of like getting up there though, to see that. What was that? When did, what brought you to that um, experience? or to that decision to go on Rainier? Yeah, you know, honestly, I didn't know what I was getting into when I signed up. <laughs> um, but it's actually my certificates right there. I still have it up from um, when I summited. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I was just at a point. I mean, I was always into adventure. Um, I was into mountain biking heavily. And then I, uh, I actually had an accident. And I broke my back. So I was out for like, a couple of years and then got into rock climbing because of that to strengthen my back and then i don't know i was just like looking for more for what's next you know and and it was like you know it was like perfect timing i was uh single at the time i was just going like through the motions i'm like i need something and then i found um the rainier trip online i'm like <laughs> i'm signing off i don't know what i'm getting into <laughs> And uh, I called the guide school and I asked them, uh, you know, I told them my experience. What do you guys think? They're like, yeah, you should do the couch trail. It sounds like it's, you're a good fit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And yeah, it, it, it blew my mind. It was That's huge. not the usual uh, no. route. No. It's that's, <laughs> that's the ice. That's like an ice climbing route. Yeah, it's right? a huge ice climbing route. Yeah, I think it was like six or 700 feet of ice at a certain point yeah <laughs> yeah it was a lot more than i was ready for honestly so you felt like you were misguided <laughs> i i didn't know what i was getting into i mean Man. The, the first night we were also um so it was supposed to be we were supposed to go to stay at camp one mm -hmm. which i think was at nine thousand, and they go to camp two which was right under the summit wake up the next day summit and then come all the way back down mm -hmm. so the first day we 
we were there, we got hit with a with a nasty storm, um, which was at Camp One at nine thousand feet. So we had, we ended up staying uh, that day because we were under the storm. We were just staying at Camp One, and then uh, the, the lead guy came up to us. He's like, "Look, everyone seems strong here. Um, you guys want to do a full summit push from Camp One to Summit and back all the way down in one shot." Mm-hmm. And again, nobody knew what, was getting, what we were getting into. Everyone's like, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> it was a long, it was like a 12-hour day. Like, we started at midnight. We got back to Camp 1 at like uh, 2 p.m., something like that. And it was it was a lot. But it was like, yeah. it was unbelievable, man. I mean, like what you mentally go through, the mm-hmm. physical part obviously is insane. But I I saw like what I could do mentally. You know and what i could get through and it was huge it, it just it was another level and i'm like now i'm hooked like what's next you know? <laughs> yeah it lights a fire under you man it really yeah, does for sure yeah i remember um yeah i remember being on the mountain and and uh the night we went for the summit it was uh, really windy to a point where you couldn't see, you know, all the crystals from the ice is getting kicked up and um, there was no visibility, but we had a good weather window. It was pretty warm. So we actually went off or went for it. And uh, there were a lot of moments there where, you know, we stop, we take a break and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, do I really want to keep going? <laughs> uh, and they, they stopped. I remember this so vividly. They stopped every hour or so and ask you know can you go up another thousand feet or can you go another hour and then go all the way back down because it's a you know pretty high risk situation if you don't have the energy or the effort it's it's tough um and every time they asked that question i was like you know if they ask this one more time i'm gonna say no (laughs) and you know fortunately eventually you get reach the summit it's not the tallest mountain but it is it it feels endless (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I said no. I you said I, no. I said no. I quit. There was a point I'm like, I quit. I'm done. Can't go anymore. We were maybe, I was just at a point where I didn't, I didn't even care where the end was. And um, yeah. And then the guy that I was attached to was like, Ellie, look, we can't stop here. It's not a safe spot. We got to keep going up a little bit. And I'm like, I can't. I can't move. You know. And he's like, he points up. He's like, look, you see those those little dots? Those are people, and that's the top. I'm like, really? And he's like, are you good now? I'm like, yeah, now I'm good. I see the end. (laughs) And we got to the end. It was cool. It's unreal, man. It really is. So when, when was that? That was 2018, June 26, 2018. Oh shit. I was up there. I was up there June 6th, 2018. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, when I remember it was when I really like started to like realize like what kind of lifestyle this was, we were, we were getting back from the mountain, like coming off the mountain and we were on this, uh, we were in this like van with the guides and the lead guide was with us and he was telling us, uh, you know, as soon as he gets back to the, um, like the, the base camp that the um, guide company had, he was hopping on his motorcycle and then driving up to Alaska because he's going to be on Denali like, you know, a week later, like guiding on Denali. And I just had this like thought in my head of like, what a cool lifestyle this is. Yeah. This must be to yeah. be able to just 
like that's that's your life for you know so many months and then he said he goes down to south america you know in the other seasons and oh man what a you get so deep into this stuff (laughs) it's it's endless like you keep going Mm -hmm. it took me a while to understand that i can't do that i would love to do that but i can't (laughs) because of my business you know and what i do yeah well you have different priorities and and you know have an established career and a business and other things and you also want to make time for this you know for your adventure for climbing yeah Yeah. you know how how has that been like do you find yourself um wanting more time or um wanting more time to spend um you know doing these things or do you find like you have a good balance right now so i mean yeah it's if if you ask my wife she'll tell you that (laughs) you need to go out more but so I have like an itch every like three months. I gotta, I gotta be outdoors at the most. Okay. That's like my itch. And, um, and it's been good. Honestly, like I accepted the fact that I, I can't do this for a living and, mm-hmm. um, and I'm okay with weekend trips, you know, um, I'm okay with like, I'm actually leaving on Wednesday, uh, to Ecuador for 10 days nice. to go climb, uh, Cotopaxi and Chimbroso. And, um, and it's cool because it's okay. It's 10 days, you know, it's, it's a lot, but it's also a little, and it's the perfect time. I mean, that, that's what I've found is a sweet spot is the 10 days, 10 days, every, every three months. I tried to, yeah. In March, I was in Argentina. I was climbing. Right. Up there. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, that's the sweet spot. So that's, I try to do it. I try to plan it. So I try to plan a big trip every six months. Mm-hmm. Like a big expedition and then in between i do little trips so like i'll go to the cascades i'll you know go to kentucky to climb and, mm-hmm. you know maybe do something here in florida and go uh saltwater kayaking and camp out there you know and fishing with the, with my buddies you know but there's always something you know i can't just sit in an office all day yeah but 100%. but i did i did find a lot of time to i i made it a priority i made i made sure like that I work to enjoy my life, to do these trips. Mm-hmm. And as my business grew and my adventures grew, I actually found that I'm doing these adventures for, it actually benefits my business, which yes. is fun, you know, and, and it, it lets me relax and, and breathe, but it also puts me in front of big challenges that you have to like act Mm-hmm. very fast and i just take that into business you know and and it's been awesome it's been great yeah i find that having having a big goal like you know a, a large expedition or a summit mm-hmm. it it forces you and it, or it really it creates an environment where you have to be disciplined you have to be focused yeah you're creating you have good time management good structure um plus all the training and, you know, work that it takes to actually prepare for it is beneficial regardless of whether or not you're climbing. And, uh, you said, um, well, yeah, you said you, you, you like to do it every three months. I find that, um, having these like breaks, these planned mental breaks, you can sprint to that, you know, you can work really, really hard. Oh, yeah, exactly. For a couple of months, 
and and oftentimes i imagine you put in overtime you do a lot more than uh you know than you like sometimes and then but you know you know what to, what's going to happen and yeah of course and you've prepared for it of course and yeah you know it's luckily i have uh great business partners that understand like my problem <laughs> and you know and they support Your me sickness yeah my sickness <laughs> and uh they support me you know and they know like the, the thing is in my in my profession it's it's very um it's live you know it's like when we, we do uh concerts festivals you know the stages and um lighting sound it's all live it's like you get one you, you don't get a second chance once mm -hmm. the show opens it's on and all and you're just putting out fires the whole time mm -hmm. so we we do, we do all that and um and what what happens is is you know like a, a lot of situations i've been through in the mountains that's what uh i use for work you know and mm. nothing really scares me anymore at work you know and, and i'm all about the challenges and i tell my clients i'm like you know, give me bigger challenges. Like I'm looking mm -hmm. for a bigger project. I'm not worried about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so that's been interesting. I, I was actually in Boston last week uh, for a big project that we had, um, you know, and, and, and it's kind of that balance. It's like, I still have training to do, you know, for Ecuador, mm -hmm. but I got to go do the job, you know? And, and that's it. It's like you said, you put in the hours, when I came back, I mean, I just did two a days, three days every day for training and mm -hmm. to, to, to make up for what I lost. But that's what it is. You know? I'd love to hear about um, about your training for these. But um, you said you said something that really uh, resonated. I'm trying to remember exactly how you phrased it, uh, but something along the lines of uh, these you you're looking for bigger challenges like because yeah. you're you you really can handle a lot you've prepared yourself and and i imagine that you've really um learned how important being prepared actually is because like you said you're putting out fires a lot at work like once yeah. you go live like there's only one shot that means I, you probably spend a ton of time and effort on the details and making making sure things are uh set up properly or you're as prepared as you can be so that you know all you have to do is put out fires if they if they come up nothing else is really grabbing your attention how did how did yeah. you learn how to do that man how to uh prioritize in that way and, and... so really what I, what i learned from all these experiences is yes preparing you could be as prepared as you want to be in my industry but something's going to happen for sure something's going to happen so really what i learned was how i react to situations like that just stay cool calm and collective and you figure it out there's always a solution you know and i learned a lot a lot of that from the mountains from situations that you're in and you know you gotta be able to handle that stress and that instant like holy shit moment you know and it's like mm -hmm. how do you fix it you know kind of thing and that's really what i got from all that is like i know how to handle stress mm -hmm. and i know i could i i know myself like how i react to stress and i know what i need to do when stressful situations happen 
was that did you find that uh that came easily to you even before you started uh mountaineering yeah i get i guess so i guess that's what happened i mean because the things i was doing for work were very stressful it's high it's a high stress job mm-hmm. and then when i got into mountaineering that's that's what i was using was my mindset of like how i get through things at work and the situations i do in mountaineering and then i got into more stressful situations in mountaineering and then i took <laughs> that to work and i'm like okay if i just did that then i could do this you know? yeah yeah. yeah so you've been you've been confronting that stress for you know yeah. all yeah. most of your life i'm sure oh yeah. yeah yeah what what role did adventure play in your life as you were growing up was this something that you found yourself gravitating toward yeah i mean i came i came from a home that i mean my parents really were not into adventures i mean i grew up in south florida you know over here you go fishing, you know, stuff like that. That's, that's, that was my first adventures. I had an uncle that taught me how to fish mm-hmm. and I got into scuba diving and then, uh, I got into dirt biking and that's really the things you do down here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no mountains, obviously there's no hills, but I just wanted more all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it definitely didn't come from my family or my upbringing at all. So what, what was, what did you find, uh, you were curious about yeah. what else was out there. What sparked that curiosity? I've I've always traveled since I yeah. was young. I, I've always been about traveling. And I think it's very, very important to travel and to see the world and how it opens up your mind to different things. And yeah, it was just something about that. I, I don't know when it happened, but maybe I was out in the mountains hiking and I saw a climber or maybe I saw a documentary. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Like Mm -hmm. that's something I want to do. Never thinking that I would actually ever get into it because down here in South Florida, there's, you know, like there's a a tight rock climbing community down here and they're all about rock climbing. Where do they climb? So there's gyms. It's just local gyms. Oh, it's all indoor. Yeah. It's all indoor. And, um, and then like every once in a while, everyone makes like the the adventure to Kentucky, you Mm -hmm. know, and go climbing out there. Like and Red then, Rocks Canyon area. Yeah. 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 The gorge and all that. And um and nobody was really into like mountaineering or alpinism or ice climbing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I just I got into I signed up for Rainier. I'm like, I gotta do it. I tried getting some friends along. Everyone's like, no, nah, I don't want to get the cold. I don't want to do any of that. You know, and and it's funny is when when I got back from uh Rainier and I was telling everyone the stories and honestly how brutal it is and it's just like mm-hmm. punishment everyone's like you're crazy man like why are you even doing that and then I just got hooked I'm like I want more and more and now <laughs> um I have a good friend of mine from down here yeah that, that joined me on a couple trips and he's all into it and then my trainer she's actually one of the owners of the rock climbing gym she helped me train for Rainier she was the one that just did a trip to Everest she just came down nice so there's people getting into it slowly, you know, like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, where you're just finding the people, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just finding them. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so funny how it compounds, man. And I find with people who there's a, there's a really common like theme among people who go on these big adventures and entrepreneurs, it, 
we we have this bug in us you know we always want to find the next big thing yeah. the next challenge and uh i remember being on you know when the first time i went to the top of any mountain you know when i was younger um i was in new mexico and it was a 9000 feet or so of elevation and i just remember looking across the, the mountain range and seeing another one you know there's other mountains out there and i'm like i want to go on all of these and that that's it started really young and i realized i'm always looking for that next thing for the next mountain you know the next summit to climb or um, or in business the next uh goal to hit always aiming a little bit higher yeah it's that de- it's definitely an addiction i mean when i was uh training for rainier i have my uh my production company and we were getting very busy mm-hmm. and at the same time i decided uh, me and my partners decided that we want to open up a, a nightclub and a bar mm-hmm. um, so we went into full construction mode while i was training for rainier and running the other company <laughs> and and everyone's like you're sick like what's wrong with you like how many things can you yeah and i'm like honestly i just need to stay busy i need to stay busy that's it and so you find you you got you function better when you have a lot to go a lot yeah. going on yeah 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 i do i function better um for example right now we're working on um uh two more actual two more bars in the hospitality side of the business mm-hmm. and now we're you know we're doing massive uh festivals around the country as well so we have teams i have a team in boston right now i have a team in chicago a team in la all doing different events so it's fun you're always on your toes you're always moving around you know (laughs) it's good does it ever get overwhelming yeah of course (laughs) sometimes you know i'm sitting there like what am i doing you know (laughs) like it's crazy but but it's it's worth it you know it's definitely worth it. it it's just like getting to the to the like summiting a peak you know it's the same thing when you know like our nightclub that we opened up uh, in 2018 it was torture going through construction and permits and mm-hmm. all the all the back and forth with the cities and you know we we got through it and then covid hit and we got through that and now it's a very popular nightclub bar here in Fort Lauderdale and people love it and it's it's fun to see it you know it's cool like mm-hmm. people are just talk about it everywhere you go it's awesome it's a good feeling and that's like I feel like I, I reached that you know the summit of that one you know mm. so it's cool yeah I'm sure it feels like really rewarding because you put in all the work you went through some yeah. hard times yeah. uh, and then you can you still get to see it uh you know fulfilling its potential in a way yeah it was, it was very cool very cool you said you had a trainer are you have you is that just for mountaineering or to prepare so, for your for your climbing so she uh abby uh she owns um uh one of the climbing gyms down here mm-hmm. so i didn't know who else to go to to help me train for right yeah. so i went with her and she helped me uh get into um serious like rock climbing uh mode mm-hmm. wasn't the best thing for rainier but i realized after rainier i had to train my legs a lot more yeah um oh yeah yeah so after that what i i do have a coach now actually um 
that I use, he actually helps me with, so he's a tri, triathlete. Yeah. He's a like cyclist, runner, swimmer, all that. And he uses a, a high altitude machine called Hypoxico. Mm-hmm. So I have one of those as well. And that's one of my things that I use for training down here in South Florida for high altitude is, you know, training nice. with that machine. I see you're doing hypoxic training. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's definitely so, the hardest part. Get it was coming from a sea level. low altitude yeah. sea level, <laughs> you know, yeah. and flying in somewhere and having to acclimatize so quickly. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the machine is awesome. It's a great machine. It yeah. helps a lot. I cycle with it. I run with it. I sleep with it. So it definitely helps. That's part of the training. And then um, one of the other things I do is, it sounds funny, but there's a, the highest hill down here is an old garbage mount. Yeah. But they turn into a park. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've got some of those here too in New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what I try to do is at least uh, three times a week, yeah. I go there and I do about a thousand to fifteen hundred feet of elevation with the full pack and my mountaineering boots. Nice. So I do that and then I do the hypoxico training in the evening. And then in between I also do like a bunch of hit classes. Yeah. Like every other day, you know. But that's really my training. That's and really you're and climbing. You're still climbing. Honestly, this past year I haven't rock climbed that much. No. I wish I wish I did. I haven't. My my hands definitely feel softer <laughs> but yeah i just been focusing on my legs a lot a lot yeah that's that's my main thing yeah. have you noticed the difference when you get up into the mountains like in south america now that yeah. you've been training a little bit more yeah, for specifically sure. for sure i felt it recently in argentina um we were doing uh like five thousand meter peaks and i was surprised how good i was mm-hmm. My body was reacting up there um, between the altitude and my legs were feeling great. The only thing that got me on the last day when we we're supposed to do our biggest summit was uh, the water. The water got me pretty bad. Oh, you were dehydrated? No, uh, there was some, uh, we were drinking uh, river water. There was a bug uh, in, and it just got me. Oh man. And, yeah, I was pretty, I started getting the shivers. I was like pale and I had to get off the mountain right away. Really? Then yeah, that night I had a fever and I was throwing up like crazy. Yeah, so that was my Argentina trip. <laughs> but besides that, I was great. Everything was good. <laughs> it's it's too bad that things like that happen. Yeah, and I'm like prepared. all the things that could go wrong, and you get that. I know. You, know, you drink some bad water, you get a bug, and <laughs> and honestly, I should have thought about it. It was my fault, you know. Like, it's South America, you know, and. Yeah. I was drinking out of a river where a horse is drinking out of, you know, so. Were you, you weren't purifying it? No. No. No, no the, I was climbing with locals, like friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you do if you live down there. Bro. Yeah, exactly. You know, I didn't think about I'm up here, like, yeah. you know, we have everything. Our, yeah. our stomachs can't handle it, to be honest. No, not at all. You know? Yeah, so this time to Ecuador, I brought, I'm bringing everything. Yeah, you bring in clean water, you bring in a purifier. Purifier, the, the filter system, tablets, I'm bringing everything. Yeah. Like, I'm not taking a chance this time. So you're going to Cotopaxi and which other mountain? Chimboroso. Yeah. What's yeah. the elevation on that on those? 
Uh, Cotopaxi, I think, is 19,000. And Chimborazo is 20-something, 20,000-something. 20, 20, That's a big difference from, from Rainier. Yeah. When you... Yeah, when I, you didn't, I, I didn't know I was doing Chimborazo, honestly. No? I thought I was doing Cotopaxi, and then I saw the itinerary. I'm like, oh, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's cool that you get to get up that high, man, and, and you're going to keep keep creeping up. What's the, what is the biggest difference um, that you feel between like 14,000 feet and 20,000 feet? Well, you've done, me, you've done about 5,000 meters before, right? Is that yeah, the highest yeah, you've been so yeah, far? Yeah, that's the highest I've been. Yeah, um, so that's about 16,000 or so feet. Yeah, 16, it was 16 something, yeah. And um, for me, it was, I guess, the, I mean, honestly, I felt good with the breathing last time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a huge difference from what I felt on Rainier. I mean, I was not prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was not prepared at all. Mm -hmm. You know, and also mentally, like, I know how my body should be now, more yeah. or less. Like, even with the hypoxical machine, I put myself at, like, like 20,000 feet on the Stairmaster to see what it feels like. And mm -hmm. I felt like I was going to pass out, you know, because I was moving yeah. way too fast. So, like, I slowed myself down, uh -huh. I was my breast, yeah, and I was looking at my oxygen levels. So, I know, like, what to look for now when I'm up there like how my body reacts. That's really useful. So you can really tune into how you feel Oh yeah. and what your pacing is and how you should be breathing. And yes. so that's really helpful with preparing. Yeah, definitely. And then like, I mean, with my oxygen reader, I was at like 60%. I was, yeah. like, I was about to pass out, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> yeah, it was very low. It was really low. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, um, mountains or big expeditions what's something that you really want to to accomplish what's one that you want to check off i know you're, you're going you're planning for denali next year right yeah that's my plan i definitely want to do denali mm -hmm. but what's funny about this this uh sport is um you know the people you meet along the way yeah and then all of a sudden you get invited to different trips that you never plan on like i never planned on going to argentina or ecuador mm. You know, and you just yeah, get invited and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go. And literally, I just got a call today from my friend that just got off Everest saying that she's going back next year. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say no, you know, if it's real, I'm coming. Yeah. But yeah, Denali is definitely on my list. Yeah. I definitely want to do that. I want to do um, uh, the one in Antarctica too. Mm -hmm. That's on my list to go down there. Um, and then, you know, you just keep reading about new ones and it's like, wow, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Or you, or you read about things or like adventures people have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in not even like these massive peaks or big, uh, famous places, but just like trips, adventures, things yeah. you can see, yeah. things you could experience, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like for me, um, I promised, so I call her my wife. She's my fiance. We're getting married in November. Nice. But uh, I promised her I wouldn't climb anything until after the wedding, once I come back from this trip. Yeah. So that's like a long stretch of not doing anything. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm planning a bike ride from, from Miami to Tampa. 
which is about 400 miles. Nice. Yeah, you know, so it's just things like that, like inventing <laughs> that are fun. You know? It's just things that sound crazy, but it's like, you know, why not? <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> I want to, I'm planning a ride from, uh, from where I am in New York City out to the tip of Long Island to Montauk. Oh, nice. And that's like, yeah, it's not 400 miles. I think it's like 140. <laughs> um, just to just to see if I could do it. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. <laughs> and then I get to the end. I'll meet, have my wife meet me there, and we can hang exactly. out for a night. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. I find that, you know, and I, I love these big trips. I love taking, like, I love the planning aspect. Mm -hmm. I love like setting everything in motion and making things happen. It's, it's so much fun to plan. And then also I love the spontaneous, like, I like wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. And now, um, you know, I have a wife, I have a son and it's, it's really fun just to have like, you know, these quick adventures just outside the mm -hmm. city and, uh, I still want to climb big mountains, but I also find like it's 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 okay to take it easy and you know enjoy what's around you. Yeah, for sure. How uh, how I want to know um, <sighs> this question was just on the t I'm in my on my head and I forgot. <laughs> uh, that's okay. So you got invited to Everest. Yeah. What would that look like for you and your business and the projects that, that, that you're working on? Because that's a huge commitment. That's a huge commitment. And um, yeah, I mean, luckily uh, my business is at a point where, you know, it, it runs, you know, yeah. and I'm fortunate enough to be able to step away more which is awesome. Um, if I could step away for two months, I mean, I don't know if I'm there yet, honestly, that's a big one. <laughs> They're like set up with systems in your business or personally, like if you're ready to, to step away for that, from that, for that long. I mean, honestly, maybe both. I don't know. Maybe yeah. both. I really, I've never been away that long, so I don't know. But um, yeah, it's just, you know, like, Again, this job, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, things come up randomly. I mean, we just got a, a call last week for a, a big party for a, a major um, uh, rapper mm -hmm. next weekend. You know, and it's like, we have to get all these things ready. That's how this job is like, mm -hmm. oh, we got this party. We need you to come do it. You do, you, know, so, do you find yourself saying yes to a lot of projects like that when it's, high like when it's so soon or high stress um it depends i learned my lesson like when i was younger i would say yes right away now it's like you know we're, we're at a point with our company where our reputation our word is everything and i yeah. don't want to say yes and not be able to get through uh the project because that's like the one thing that in this industry is like you're as good as your last show yeah you know, that, that's how it works how do you decide what's work what you want to put your energy into how do you decide on like what work to take or you know what is there a, a line that you draw so so the way it works is we 
I have uh, two business partners. We're, yeah. There's three of us. So one of them, he deals with the hospitality side of work. Uh, one deals with the financials for all our companies. And um, and I deal with the more the operations and production. So I'm very, I was a lot more hands-on. Mm-hmm. I wish I was still more hands-on, but I just don't have time for it. But <laughs> I'm very involved with the guys downstairs. I'm involved with the design team. Um, so when big projects come in, I still do sit and help them design it in a like safe way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I let them run with it and then they go to engineering and engineering stamps signs off. Um, and the teams that we send around the country, you know, I like being part of it as well because it just makes things easier for them, you know, because they know I come in with like a a calm way of solving problems so and and these are guys that have been with me for years for over 10 years and you know i'm just trying to teach them how to solve problems how to do to make quick decisions Mm -hmm. and and you could be wrong sometimes and it's okay those are such valuable skills in any in any situation but especially when like, like you can, you consider this work like live, like it's happening. You have to be yeah. present and you're putting out fires, trying to avoid mistakes. Do you, from a leadership standpoint, do you find that you can help people or help your teams um, do that well because of all your training and all of your um, success in the outdoors? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I tell them, I'm like, I'm not, there's nothing special about me. Like if I could do it, you could do it. You just got to understand like how to think, you know, that's all it is. I'm, I'm, there's nothing special about me at all. (laughs) I've been through a lot of shit and it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure it out. You're on site. I mean, Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago, we were at a, um, a festival, uh, EDC Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, And we had uh, one of the stages there and I was with a client actually entertaining a client walking around the, the festival and I went to go check on her stage. Yeah. And we have a production manager with everything there. I just came to check on the guys, make sure everyone's good. And it just, a gust, a crazy wind came in and you could just see it, you know, and it's like an instinct I, you also, I got from adventures. It's like, yeah. you know, like something's about to come right now. Like a sixth sense. Yeah, it's something crazy. Yeah. So I hung out there, I hung out. And then as soon as it happened, I mean, one of our uh, steel cables that was holding a sail above our stage, there's like 5,000 people over there, snap. Yeah. And now the sail is flapping in the wind. And it's like instantly you have to react, right? So, and I, was, I wasn't I was even in work clothes. I was like with clients, you know, like nice clothes. And I, right away, it's like, you yeah. just get into the mode. Like you shut down the stage, you turn off the music. I got my my harnesses on. I climbed the trussing, you know, with one of my other riggers, and we just went up there, fixed the cables. It, it was, you know, it's just like, oh man, game. yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. <laughs> I bet nuts. there's, I I know um, there's in mountaineering and different kinds of adventuring. Um, we call it type two fun, right? When you go through hell, and then yeah, it's it's challenging and stressful and then at the end you're you're looking back on it fondly you yeah you laugh about it you can laugh about it exactly 
you know, and I'm just imagining that situation. Um, you, you went into it. Um, you're able to flip the switch on and mm-hmm. go into that mode, right? Just go through the motions really. And there's a little bit of fun behind it. You're actually enjoying yourself. Oh yeah. Sure. You're like, yeah. and everyone knows what that. I trained for. <laughs> everyone knows that for sure. Yeah. For sure. I think it takes that though. I think it takes that like playfulness and willingness to like uh, put yourself into that, to do a, you know, to do a good job mm-hmm. and yeah. to over deliver in a lot of, especially in business where, like you said, you're only as good as your last show. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, people are competitive. There's yeah. other companies that are ready that are that are also working really hard and absolutely you know to 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 really keep business or earn people's trust even more it takes some uh takes willingness and desire to take action and and uh do things that other people won't yeah or handle things just so well or make things seem easy sometimes yeah sometimes it scares the client that you handle things so well they're like how you so <laughs> i'm about this <laughs> I'm, but, i imagine uh, that's a big part of your business too is making it appear like everything's like nothing's going wrong right yeah, you want you want no one to know that you're putting out fires behind the state of course even even to my guys like my team yeah like when, when things are happening like there's certain situations I talk to them about, like how we got to figure it out. But there's some situations where it's like inside, I'm like, damn, how do I figure this out? Mm-hmm. But, but in front of them, I want to, as their, as their lead, you know, I want to show them that everything is fine. We're going to figure it out. But I really have no idea how we're going to figure it out. <laughs> but, you know? Yeah, but that's, I'm sure that's part of the process too, is like you have to start doing things so you can find the problem. and Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. You're not going to solve anything by standing around and waiting, no. and getting stressed out. Same thing on, on a climb, you know, you could, you could go up or down, pick a direction, like, but exactly. stand yeah. still. Exactly. There's, there's something needs to happen. You got to figure out what, what you want to do. You know? And the same thing, like what you were saying with, with the clients and, and, and how a big thing that helped me understand, like, how to treat clients and business and and as successful as we got you know just to always stay humble you know and like you said there's always another company that's as hungry or hungrier that's always going to try to get your job but if you stay humble and 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 just be like a good person man that's it you know your clients are going to want to work with you it's not even about the work that you produce it's about who you are as a person (laughs) and i felt that the first time what really humbled me the first time was when I got to the top of Rainier. Yeah. When I got up there and I looked out, I'm like, wow. Like, I'm like this little, little thing in this whole world. Like I'm nothing, you know? (laughs) And it really, really woke me up. That mountain will give you that feeling too. Yeah. 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 It's uh, you feel so small in comparison to like, yeah, where you are. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I felt. And that's not a feeling you get, you know, at, we could say at low elevation, to be honest, oh. like 
in a you f- might where, think where it's you flat because you can't see very far. Like literally, you don't realize how big this place actually is. It's it's nuts. Like I, I'm on this huge mountain. Yeah. And I'm like this big, and then it makes you understand like how big the world is, and like yeah, it, it was just the whole thing. Yeah, it was crazy. Was what amazing. I found really interesting, or really there, when I when I recognized this or had this idea, I felt like a a sinking in my stomach a little bit. I was looking out at the rest of the mountain ranges or the mountain range, you know, from the top of Mount Rainier, you can see uh, Mount St. Helens and Mount Baker and Mount Adams. You could see all these other massive mountains. And then you, you realize like the, where you're standing, like, well, this mountain that I'm on Mount Rainier is enormous. And, uh, and I can see that there's more, you know? Yeah. It's, and it's so far away. It's crazy. When I, when, when I got that feeling, I realized I came off the mountain with that sense of humility and this like desire to do something better. Right. I didn't know what that meant or was at the time. I was like, I need to, something needs to be different something needs to happen right up here in my head mm-hmm. right with how i behave or how i go about things i didn't i didn't know how like that would play out but i just remember feeling that yeah absolutely for sure and and that that's what i enjoy about this uh this sport too is that in my line of work you know you're in nightlife you're around yeah. parties and temptations and you know it's it's a different world Mm-hmm. the world of mountaineering and the people that are around that world so that's what i love about it is like this is my escape you know and and i focus so much on the training and all this that i don't let myself fall into the fake world that mm-hmm. we're that we're making over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is fake it's exactly what you design it to be too exactly <laughs> and uh yeah, you could you definitely zoom out when you leave when you when you take these these trips or get out into the mountains and literally detach from everything. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do you think that it's that it makes it easier when you can detach? Do you think that that that's part of the process of um, getting to design what your life looks like and create your business the way you want it or do a good job. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's, it's hard, but I think it's something that you need to know how to disconnect, you know, like when you're at work mode, you're in work mode. And if you're at home mode, you don't bring your home into the work mode. You know, you got to know when to disconnect. Like I could have, a huge argument with one of my managers here about mm. work but as soon as we're done we can go drink a beer and just yeah. shoot the beer, you, know? you got to know how to dis to make that disconnect you shouldn't bring baggage home with you and you shouldn't bring baggage from home to work a lot of people struggle with that uh, a lot with- of absolutely I, I i've struggled with that too there yeah. have definitely been times where i allow myself to get overworked or overstressed and then i take that into yep my family life and and look it, it happens to me too but I, I know 
how important is this connect? And when I catch myself doing that at home or how do you notice that? Like what, what do you notice in yourself as like a, you know, a, a signal that something's off? I mean, usually my fiance will let me know. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah. So she's like, Hey, you know, like, yeah, no, but, but it's, um, you know, like I'm fortunate to be in a good place in life and what I do for work is, is fun, man. It's, it's stressful, but it's a cool job. You know, at the end of the day, it's really cool. And when I come home and I'm stressed out and I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about like, why am I stressed out? Like what, what is (laughs) happening right now? You know, like, and you break it down and obviously there's situations where it's like, look, you have a good right to be stressed out right now, you know? Yeah. But, but a lot of times I catch myself and I like diagnose myself. Why am I doing this? And I break it back and back and back and until I get to the, to the, to why it happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, I have, I have very close friends. Like we're a very tight circle of friends that I grew up with. None of them are into climbing or anything, but they're my childhood friends. So we're all still very, very close. Mm-hmm. And we all call each other out on our bullshit, you know? So luckily I have friends that call me out on mine. That's yeah. really useful. Very. That's very. uh <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize how how necessary, how much I needed that. Yeah. You know, yeah. how much I needed people to challenge what I was thinking or saying. Yep. Um, and now I look for it. I look for that just about everywhere. Yeah, and it's very important. I mean, I, I do with my teams downstairs, my guys, like when I come and ask them, like we talk about a build or how we're gonna attack a, a project i don't tell them this is how it should be done because i said so i'm like mm-hmm. tell me what you guys think and tell me if my idea is wrong i mean I don't, I don't think i'm right i mean you guys are here because i feel like you're smarter than me you know and so we could work on it together there's never and, and it's it's important to see like what how they see things from the outside you know and i take all that in which is cool so you want them to see that you understand and that you're like, you're all there, you know, to support this bigger goal. It's not about you individually. No, not at all. And that's how we, we run our company is it's, we're all one big team. We have our lighting technicians, we have our designers, we have our fabricators, but at the end of the day, we're all doing the same project, you know? So you're not better than anybody else. We all work together. If my lighting designer, is done with a th- certain thing and my fabricator needs help painting, we're all going to go help paint mm-hmm. to get that job done. And that's what we created. It's just like a, a big team that everyone supports each other. And it's cool. It's a cool thing to see. You know, it it, it, it was never supposed to get this big of the company ever. You know? <laughs> and it, it did. It got really big. And we have people that work here that, that some of them, I don't even know their names, honestly. Because, you know, it just, yeah, it's, it's really, it got that big. And it, it's cool. It's cool. Total between all our companies, we, we have close to like a hundred employees and, um, and it just, it's, it's, it's cool to see how like the young fresh blood come in here and they're so excited to work at this company. And it, mm-hmm. it like reminds me of, well, I guess this is pretty cool, you know, like, cause I'm so like into it for so many years and so long and yeah, you become numb to what you built, but these new I mean, we have interns that come in here and 
they're so excited to be part of the company. You know, like that's that's amazing. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, I find that, and that goes back to the detaching and separating yourself idea. When when you're so involved in the day to day aspects, and and you, you may even realize that you're building and working really hard, and things are starting to happen, but you don't really see it until you. Yeah. Until you take a step until back. you can zoom out and and like look at the whole thing because and and progress works that way like we're gonna make incremental progress day over day over day but it compounds it keeps compounding and and even though you weren't intending on it getting so huge or to the size that it is yeah I imagine that's just because you like went into it humbly and just you know did a good job and you know, kept trying your hardest, right? You just do good work and things are going to happen. Things are going to come to you. Absolutely. That, that's, and that's exactly what happens. So and then you get work. invited to Mount Everest one day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. That must be something you could be really proud of, man. Like getting to step, take a step back and look at what you've built. Yeah, man. It, it's awesome. And, and these trips, like you said, they do help like this trip to Ecuador, like, everyone knows in the office all the everyone like when i go on these trips i i'm done my phone doesn't work you can't reach me i'm out for 10 days yeah so if you need to go over anything before i leave let's do it now mm -hmm. you know so and it's cool because when i come back it's like you said it's like you're looking with a new set of eyes and it's like everything's fresh and you're ready to go you know yeah until, until the next trip plus the <laughs> biggest gift the I find the biggest gift you get from a lot of these things is uh, the you get to taste what, you know, coming close to death feels like. Yes. And, and it, it gives you a new appreciation for, for life. And you let you let things go for sure, like little things that were bothering you or that yep. were on your mind. It's, it's so funny how we, we can talk about these things. We can talk about these, uh, these mountains and these adventures and so casually when you really are, you know, one poor decision away from dying. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And yet that, that, that thought never even comes into my mind anymore. It's, it's, it's only, what do I need to be prepared for? <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, what do I, I think, need to do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and it goes also with knowing who you are, like learning about yourself and how you, how you think and how you function and knowing your limits. Honestly, it's okay to say, I can't go anywhere. It's not, it's not a big deal. Was yeah. there a moment on one of your trips where you felt afraid? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a couple moments <laughs> for sure. Like, holy shit. But it, again, it it was never to the point where I was afraid. I'm like, I, I need to leave right now kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, wow, like, th this is like very close to death, you know, kind of thing. Like, holy shit. Like looking down and realizing. Yeah, looking down. One time I was rappelling, actually it was on Rainier. I was rappelling uh, down, we were coming down and um, I just, I was the first one to rappel down and I hit a, an ice shelf and it just went right through, like into the crevasse. 
I mean, it wasn't that bad of a fall. It was nothing. It was like, you know, a couple feet, but still it was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the avalanches you hear at night, we had like a nice boulder rolled down by us. There's definitely a couple moments, you know, but it's, I don't know if afraid was the right word. It was more like, like, this is real. It's like, you know, it's not, it's not a game, you know? It's a reminder. Yeah, exactly. A reminder. Yeah. It's a little reminder. Yeah. Yeah, the looking into a crevasse is scary. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and for sure. Uh, there was one point. Uh, oh man, there was one. Uh, where was it? We were we did Sahale and the North Cascades um, yeah. last summer. We were doing like a seven day trip out there with some friends, and one of them is a guide, and he. We're going up and we're going up at night, and we're going right next to his crevasse. And there was like a nice like ice bridge and he um he just stopped and he's like no we gotta turn around I'm like okay i didn't really want to question him he has way more experience i mean he's done denali like i don't know how many times mm-hmm. and uh so we went back down went around went back up i go down I'm like what happened like once we got to the peak i'm like what happened why'd you turn around he's like that that bridge was not heavy uh strong enough to hold us all we would have fallen right through it mm. and then it's like you think about it i'm like wow you know like i would have crossed that bridge i didn't know <laughs> i would have went yeah. over that bridge you know it's like you're that close to me that's what off. takes that's where experience comes in and yes yes of course, um yeah. and that's why you hire guides too <laughs> yeah, absolutely um i would not there, there's some things like you, you just know you know yourself you know the way you think yeah, right yeah. like you said yeah. you, there's things you you don't do um and then there's things you can take risk on yes. like crossing a bridge um, because, you know, it's worked before. It should be yeah. able to work, <laughs> but it's fortunate. It's, it's fortunate that you had, you had some better advice <laughs> that day. For sure. Okay. Yeah, man. What's the biggest lesson that you've taken away from all of this? Um, Honestly, you just can't quit. Mm-hmm. You can't quit. Like you gotta, you, you just push and push and push. And I take, I use the same thought process and work too. You know, you just can't quit. It's not an option. You know, <laughs> that's it. It's all. It is. You just gotta push. Yeah, that's the biggest one. What is what does fit for adventure mean to you? Fit for adventure. I think to me it means you gotta be like mentally prepared mm-hmm. to go on adventures. Like mentally fit to to go on adventures. How could you uh how could you define that? I know we did we did talk about that a lot today. How how would you summarize that or that definition of mentally like fit? mentally fit? yeah again it's knowing yourself knowing your boundaries and um just knowing that physically you're going to be able to do it you know it's all mental it's a big mental game it's it it's like it's like i feel like i'm playing chess with my own brain kind of thing you know it's like Hmm. 
that that's how I I look at it when I'm up there. You know, like there's definitely times I want to quit. I'm over it. Like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. There was one trip I was wet, soaking wet for like two days. Yeah, you know, like it's crazy. Like I got to get down. But no, I kept pushing off. You know. Yeah. 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 I I like that. It's the like playing the metaphor you use playing chess with yourself. Yeah, that's that it. means that you have the self-awareness to know that what you're thinking isn't, you don't have to believe it, right? It's not actually true. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and you can question yourself. You can keep, yeah. you know, pushing back yep. and win. Yeah. Yep. Right, man. I think this was, uh, this was a good way to end our conversation. That was yeah, a ton of fun. I, awesome. I love hearing your stories, man. Like you've got, uh, you've got what a lot of people I imagine are working toward and that's really valuable. And, and I think the biggest takeaway is the, like you ended with the knowing yourself and setting boundaries around that and knowing what you want to. Yep. Uh, Thanks for, thank you for sharing, man. Of course. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. It was I did, I did a lot better than I thought I would, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> first time podcasting? Yeah, first time. I'm not really a talker, honestly. <laughs> you got it out of me. It was good. It was it's good. all good, man. I, uh, I, I noticed that people who, you know, can put their head to, heads down and work, you know, it's, it's, you got to pick some things out. You got to pull things out of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, but it's a really good quality. Um, and you know, I know that from your perspective, like getting to talk through this stuff is fun, you know, yeah, it, is, it brings is. up some good memories and some it new is. ideas. I love Definitely. it. Uh, well, good luck in, uh, good luck in Ecuador. Thank you. That's Thank you very exciting, much. man. And, yeah. uh, we'll catch up soon. Yep. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fit for Adventure. I'm your host, Matt Gallo, and I want to give my appreciation, my gratitude, and thanks for your patronage, for your love, and for your ears and your time too. Now, I know that if you got to this point, you thought something was valuable, you found this useful, you, you, you enjoyed what you heard. And so if that's the case, head on over to wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review, preferably five stars. That's the most, I think. And write something because we actually look at that feedback and then we do something. So if you liked something, if you didn't like something, if you want more information on a subject or you want to hear from a certain person that you think would be a great fit for this show, then put that in the feedback. Send me a message on uh, Instagram. That's a great way. Or send us an email. Any of those things will work. Links for all of that are in the show notes. My Instagram is Matt underscore G32. Really simple. And one more thing. If you've been listening to us for a bit now, you know we just had our first ever Fit for Adventure leadership retreat. It was a five-day event in the mountains of Colorado where we got to work on our leadership skills. We got to climb a mountain with 14 
thousand foot mountain and have a ton of fun while we're doing it. We got guys together from all over the country to fly in or drive in and spend the week building and uh, creating a lot of opportunity and learning what it means to lead. And if you're interested in events like this, I encourage you to head over to mysummit.academy and fill out the application or join our mailing list so you can get more information on upcoming events like Fit for Adventure 2, which is going to be happening this fall in Oregon. Once again, head over to wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, head over to mysummit.academy and make sure you are on the email list and submit an application for our upcoming adventures if that's something that uh, is, you know, is on your mind. And I look forward to getting to know you, hearing from you, and continuing to grow fit for adventure. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the summit.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Fit for Adventure with Austin Galloway. This conversation was a lot of fun for both of us. And Austin ended up saying yes to being Fit for Adventure and joined us um, on Fit for Adventure, the five-day adventure retreat in the mountains of Colorado. Uh, fortunately for him, it was super close. It was, he was able to drive there to meet us. And we're going to have him back on the show to talk about that adventure. So look ahead to hear from Austin again, this time talking about his experiences working with, uh, working with us at the Summit Academy and uh, his experience at Fit for Adventure. And for those of you listening today, on the release date, Fit for Adventure is happening this week. It starts on Wednesday. And toward the end of this, I'm going to be announcing a special offer that is available on my Instagram. You'll you'll be able to see it live or hear about it in the next recording. Um, That special offer is going to have something to do with our upcoming uh, or our next event, which is going to be... uh, later this year and more information to come again follow me on instagram at matt g32 and uh, look out for my live instagram lives where i'll talk about a special offer we have through the summit academy and for fit for adventure too of course if you enjoyed this episode which i know you did because these are such awesome conversations, and we're talking about awesome, really interesting topics with some of our guests. Uh, please rate and review this podcast. The goal for Fit for Adventure by the end of this year is to be the number one podcast in outdoor sports, adventure, all of those categories. Well, one of those categories, whichever one comes first. And it's only going to happen with your honest reviews so that we can improve and keep doing what we do well that you like um, and by rating it. And of course, by sharing the podcast with a friend. So take out your phone right now. Think of that one person who you know or who you thought about. Uh, during this episode and send the episode to them. I know when I listen to podcasts, I have random thoughts about how this relates to my life. And people come into that thought. And what I like to do is hit pause right there and send it to them right away and say, hey, just thought of you listening to this. And if that happened to you during this episode or any of our episodes, then uh, share it because... That's the whole point of this. I want people uh, to hear what our guests have to say and what what we have to to offer. And it can only help us improve. Thank you again. And I'll see you on the summit.